There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Welcome to the family with Doug Sprinthal and Andy Bernard. And we'll be right back. Adam Jacobs, our special guest. Broadway star Adam Jacobs showcases talent and shares stories in his new film. We got Adam Jacobs, we got Car Selling Secrets, and your guest today for Car Selling Secrets. Founder of Soul Asylum and former stepbrother Dan Murphy will be in. Former stepbrother. Is that because of you or him? No, no, no. Our parents were married for three crazy years no. in the 70s. We'll be talking about that at night, right. I'm sure. We'll talk about it. We'll be right back in seconds with Adam Jacobs. Dougie, uh, you want to do a spot? Oh, yeah. See, yeah, let's do a missed, commercial. Wait, we're You're the one who forgot for once. I know. It's so weird. Walzer Automotive Group. Walzer.com. So we've been talking about this on the morning show, uh, and we are always looking for salespeople for the right people for Walzer, but we have a lot of great opportunities across the Twin Cities, part-time and full-time positions. You can see them all on walzer.com. You go to the careers section and scroll all the way to the bottom. You can look at all of them, but we've got stores in Wichita and Chicago and California now, so you might want to narrow the search a little bit, especially with the gas shortage. Anyway, uh, part-time front desk coordinators at a couple of the stores. We have a full-time position there. We're looking for lube techs, uh, journeyman techs, uh, service runners, parts runners. You can find all this stuff at walzer.com under careers, or as always, just email me directly at doug at walzer.com. Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, We're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know? And that's exactly my my question is, you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact, I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Hello, I'm Brad Huckle, President at North American Banking Company. And I'm Mike Bilski, CEO at North American Banking Company. As a community bank based right here in the Twin Cities, we believe in taking the time to get to know our customers and their businesses. And part of that is hiring and cultivating a team of experienced lenders. When your business banks with us, you're not training in a new inexperienced banker. In fact, our bankers have worked with many of the same customers for years, earning their trust. We get to know you and your business, and you get to know and rely upon us. When your business is looking to capitalize on an opportunity or solve a problem, we'll be here to help you. Tom here. I know Brad and Mike, and I trust that with my banking, they've personally delivered on everything they've just said. So why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and equal housing lender? You hear that guitar? That's God, she's really good. Oh, I thought it was your wife playing it. 
pretty good, man. Dougie Sprinthal. And his better half, as they say. <laughs> yeah, way better. The way better half. She might be my better three-quarters. gentlemen. We have our guest on the phone. Marvelous, ladies and gentlemen. A little news, a little information. All we ever do is deliver. That's, isn't that, the, is that a good slug line? You like that slug line? <laughs> mm-hmm. Adam, you like that slug line? All we ever do is deliver. Yeah, if you're FTD. That's a good line. Thank you. Thank you very much. Broadway star Adam Jacobs showcases talent and shares stories in the new film. Adam Jacobs, Behind the Curtain. Ooh, Behind the Curtain. I like it, Adam. Good name. It is available on DVD and streaming as of tomorrow. Actually, it was uh, April 30th, Friday, April 30th at Stony Point. And Stony Point has an E. Uh, yeah, StonyPointEntertainment.com. The E being capitalized. So there you go. With a substantial discount prior to its worldwide release on all the platforms, including Amazon and iTunes, uh, the docu-concert format. Adam, what's it all about? I want to hear what it's all about. Well, first of all, thanks for having me on. I'll tell you, uh, Behind the Curtain um, is about pretty much my journey. Um, it's, it was a filmed concert in Los Angeles, a small cabaret, about 200 people. And it was my first time doing this in front of an audience. And we decided to film it, put it on camera. And it's basically me singing a bunch of classic Broadway tunes from Phantom of the Opera through Aladdin, because, you know, I originated the role of Aladdin on Broadway. So I sing some Disney, I sing some uh, classic Broadway, and then I switch into some pop R&B and rock. And it's just a good show, good time. And I also reveal a lot of personal details about my life and my journey as an artist. Now, where, where are you from originally, Adam? Uh, so I grew up in the, in the Bay Area of San Francisco. Oh, okay. um, my mother... My mother's Filipina, and my dad was a Russian, Dutch, Polish, Jewish guy, and was raised Catholic, and <laughs> so um, that's where I got my start. <laughs> that's where I, I like that. Um, well, that's where I got my start. Well, they did have a baby and named him Adam, and that is where you got your start. You're absolutely right about that. <laughs> that's exactly it. Matter of fact, uh, I got to read this paragraph because this is amazing. Adam Jacobs, known for originating the title role in Disney's Aladdin on Broadway, as well as starring as Ma- uh, Marius in Les Miserables. Uh, I actually heard a, a person, good. by the way, when you were in that, uh, they said, yes, and he stars in Les Mis. They called it Les Mis. <laughs> yeah, it's a tough one if you don't know it. Uh, some people have stumbled on it before. Yeah, You're very kind, Adam. You're very kind. Oh, yeah, it's a tough one. <laughs> I, like, I like it. He's Simba and Disney's The Lion King, bringing his talents to the new feature. Now, when were when you, you were with the traveling show of, of The Lion King, is that correct? Yeah, I did it for a year on the road and a year on Broadway. Did you were you in the uh, production that played in Minneapolis? It, it, it was really early on. I think it might have been the first place it ever that appeared. Was a long time ago, yeah. Yeah, I think of the, the what yeah. was it? The State Theater, I think. I was not in in that production. I was it was a little bit later than that. But um, yeah, I played a bunch of cities up Vancouver and all over the place, Toronto, and all over the United States. It was fun. Well, thank God it wasn't you, because I booed the guy who... No, that's not <laughs> <laughs> Simba, you suck! You suck! Yeah, that'd be really great, wouldn't it? Uh, new feature film, Adam Jacobs, Behind the Curtain. What, what brought... Now, Adam, first of all, I should mention to you, and you probably know this already, but you, you sound like you're about 16 years old, so, you know, you've gotten a lot done oh, in well, six... Oh, that, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> you're, well, let's go. we're going to guess you're a couple years older than that, okay? We'll just do that. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's that's more accurate. Yeah. So, so you, you you grew up in the San Francisco area, and did you then move to New York to do Broadway, or how did that all work out? Yeah, so I you know I did all the high school musicals and uh, the plays and regional gigs around around town, and then I had a really great you know teacher mentor in high school who said if you want to do this for a living. This is something, you know, you should consider. You got some talent and oh. and I hadn't really thought about it and I said, "Okay, yeah, I'll I'll, uh, I'll pursue it. I, I, I you're right. I, I do like what I'm doing here and I'm, I'm liking the applause <laughs> and I'm going to apply to to New York University and that's what I did. I, I got in and I went to the Tisch School of the Arts, got my sure. BFA and, and and then proceeded to work on cruise ships and theme parks and all kinds of regional gigs and kind of worked my way up got my experience, and then finally broke into Les Mis, first on the national tour, 
and then playing uh, Marius on Broadway in the 2006 revival. And that was my Broadway debut. I have a quick, just wanted to jump in with a question. I've got some friends that have worked on cruise ships, and it seems like a tale of two cities. Half of them just loved it, and other ones thought it was like being locked in hell. What was your take? <laughs> I, you know, it, I think cruise ships get a bad rap. I mean, if you're fresh out of college and you're looking for a gig, you get to travel the world, save up some money, and then go to New York so you don't have to be waiting tables and, you know, doing scrounging around the your first year or so so it's good to save up some money before you go to the city i, I thought it was fun and um but yeah uh, there are people on there that have been on there for 20 30 years stuck in a time warp yeah uh, and maybe that know, is an age thing because some of the guys i know are <laughs> like in their 50s and they're playing billy joel's piano man for the nine thousandth oh, time yeah. oh yeah yeah it's an easy way to get you get stuck out there that, that happens because it's so easy you know yeah I suppose it is. Now, when you first started doing shows on, on you know, cruise ship, things like that, how old were you then? So I was, I was fresh out of college. You know, I was like 21, oh, 22. And, okay. Yeah, and, and, um, and then, you know, I did, the, I did theme parks. I worked uh, at Hershey Park. I uh, did a summer season there doing the parks in Pennsylvania, you know, where all the chocolate is, where they make the chocolate. Um, and yeah, a bunch of small regional gigs, uh, and got my equity card, my union card, became a, you know, professional actor, got an agent and eventually, you know, did, did the thing and, and, uh, did three Broadway shows and, and made, made career in, on the stage. That is terrific. You know, back in, uh, I guess it was from 19... 19- Oh, I guess 80, 81 till 86. Uh, my wife and I lived in New York because I was doing voiceover with Don Buckwald in New York at that time. And I learned from doing that. You know, I, I do a morning show here and this show as well. Um, but I learned from that. It's really interesting watching stage actors and film stars interact with one another. Because most times it works, but when it doesn't work, it's like, I have no respect for what you do. It's really interesting yeah. to watch, Adam. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's unfortunate, you know, when that happens. But, you know, me trying to transition from one medium to the other, it's, it's, a, it's a totally different way of, you know, having to act. And, sure. And, and, and so, you know... It's a whole other skill. So obviously somebody who's very talented in that arena, uh, I'm going to respect for what they're able to do and, and hopefully vice versa. You know, they can't imagine being in front of 2,000 people singing and dancing, yeah, but yeah. So that's what we do. So it's, um, yeah, totally different worlds. And sometimes it's hard to make that transition for stage actors to film. And, um, and so it's, it just takes work. Well, the film the stage actor deal is tough because now, and I don't know why this did happen, but uh, in stage acting, you have to project and you have to act. But in film now, uh, I'm going to say hello to Adam Jacobs as a film actor. Okay, so first I'll be a stage <laughs> actor. Adam, how you doing? I How's everything going? Everything going well? Uh, everything's going great. Okay, now I'm going to bring in Adam Jacobs as a, as a film star. Okay. Adam, how's everything going with you? How are you doing these days? Everything all right? Well, well, I just got out of rehab. And, uh, you know, Adam. Tough, but um. Oh, wait. What, ha- what happened? That's not the Disney way, Mister. <laughs> yeah, that's not the Disney no? way. Dixney on the ehab way. Oh, yeah. Sorry, Adam, sorry. Adam, I was just playing along. <laughs> you should do film, and you should do Broadway, and you should be a stand-up comedian. That was very, very good. You went with that very well, man. No doubt about it. Is it now? Uh, uh, hopefully, I'm hoping here. Uh, both uh, are your parents still uh, still with you? Uh, my mother is. My my oh, father unfortunately passed this this year from early Alzheimer's, and it's been rough. But you sure. know, we're dealing with that. Did he Did he get to be proud of you though? Oh, very much so. Yeah, they my wonderful. parents went to every single show. They they went not not to every single show, but I mean they they saw me in every single right production that I ever performed in. Yeah. And then they just had to be beside them. So very, very happy uh, that, that you, well, you, you dreamt of something and then you lived the dream. Any parent would be very, very proud of you, man. Yeah, I've been, you know, very fortunate. To, like I said, they, they drove me to all the shows and rehearsals and, and lessons and everything early on. So I have them to thank for my 
entire career. You know, I'm a parent now myself, so I know what the sacrifices that it takes to to do that. Oh yeah, well, my son Andrew is the uh, engineer on the show. My daughter Alex is on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday show, and my wife is usually on the show. But she called me. Uh, uh, you know, I'm in Minneapolis, Adam, and I don't know if you've ever been. Well, you've been here, I'm sure, but. Um, my wife calls me a couple of days ago, and she goes, yeah, could you do me a favor, and uh, would you tell him so-and-so that I said, I said, what's the matter, honey? You sound tired. She goes, no, it's just really hot here on the beach. Oh, okay, hon. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's yeah. nice. That's too bad. You're in Boca Grande. I'm, I'm really sorry for you, honey. That's too bad. But, Adam, one of the greatest things on earth is to have children. Are you just loving it? I am. I am. I got Seven-year-old twin boys. Whoa, so, man, that's great! I've got, got my hands full. My hands full. They're, they're, it's a great age, though. It's a great age. They're seven years old. Yep. Yeah, terrific. Absolutely yeah. terrific. I think seven to nine is the golden age of children. <laughs> I mean, Probably, they yeah. still think that you're fabulous and you're the wizard yep. of the world, but they can do yeah. basic stuff, and they're not going to mm-hmm. run in front of a car. So yeah. you get a couple of years in exactly. there, enjoy it. Thank yeah. you. I am. No question about that, uh, Adam. So where 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 does it start when you you you're in a situation behind the curtain? Now, when, when behind the curtain begins, where does it where does it start? Uh, we, well, we we filmed it in in Los Angeles. Is that if that's what you mean? Like where where do we? Well, did it, it? At what point? To... No, what what point in your career does it begin? Are you looking back the oh, whole time, or are you right in the middle of things? Yeah. We go no. I start early on, very early. I actually talk about my my grandparents, my my, my father on my mom's side. He's uh, came over from the Philippines. You know, I, talk, I even talk about him and reference him and his tenacity and his perseverance to be able to. You know, he's a veteran in World War II, and then and uh, so I talk about him. I talk about my my parents, my. And I pretty much go back all the way from, you know, early on in school and and struggling with identity as a kid, you know, not because because I was I'm, I'm a mixed ethnicity and and, you know, my Filipino mother and my Jewish father. And I, I didn't really feel like I felt like I fit in. So I talk a lot about that and the struggles that went along with that and the obstacles I had to overcome uh, growing up. And and, you know, I I talk about auditioning in the business i talk about playing the iconic roles that i've played i talk about relationships uh how tough it is in the industry so i cover a lot of ground in this docu-concert and i think fans who know me from musical theater will be kind of interested to see like another side of me a more personal you know uh side of me yeah, you know, I'm really glad you mentioned something, because I think we use the uh, what you said today. We're starting to get back there, but uh, right now we're in a political situation in America where people are canceling one another and they hate one another because they don't agree. But when Adam Jacobs comes yeah. along and says, "Well, because I'm mixed eth- ethnicity, I I kind of struggle to figure out where I fit in," I think I'm really glad that you said that because we all go through that either because of mixed ethnicity or mom was gone or dad was gone or I grew up without parents or I grew up very, very poor. People have completely different lives, and I don't like the broad brush of, you people are all the same. Like, come on. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah, I I completely agree. I mean, everybody has their own personal stories and their own struggles that they're dealing with. It's just important to, you know, have a little compassion and empathy, and that's so you got to navigate the world that way and and you know, think about it from their perspective. Walk in their shoes for a second, and and that'll really take that'll really do a lot in terms of understanding and and uh, getting rid of this division. If we can just do that, yep. even just for a second, yep. that'll that'll really solve a lot of problems. I think that's wonderful thinking. Did you get your clear thinking from both your parents? Very good thinking, Adam. <laughs> Oh, thanks. It's the Jesuit high school, I think. Yeah, that'll do it. Yeah, no that'll problem. do it. <laughs> that'll get her done, no question. No, I, I just, I really do like the fact when people point that out, I'll say, hey, I, I, even though, you know, I'm a human being like you, I grew up differently. And Well, I'll give you an example. Uh, I, I, I did not know this until just a few years ago, and I'm 69 years old, so it took me a while to f- figure this out. But apparently, I naturally have a scowl on my face all the time. I didn't know that, but I found that out. Oh, no, nobody ever told you? <laughs> well, they started to, and, and here's the problem, Adam. They didn't tell me 
because uh, I asked him, I said, why are people so uneasy? And some people are actually afraid of me if they don't even know me. And he said, oh, you really you're don't. You're intimidating. Yeah, apparently. Yeah. Well, I'm, you know, I'm a sizable guy, too, I guess. But <laughs> it was the way it was explained to me, Adam, was, Tom, you don't know why people are kind of uneasy around you? I said, no, I have no idea. And the guy says, it's because you have a resting bitch face. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> All right. I was almost going to say that, but I'm glad you said it first. <laughs> well, thank you, sir. Thank you. Is, is there a point uh, in behind the curtain where where you do you talk a lot about being a, a little boy? Because that that's so educa- educational. Finding out how people grew up and how they ended up where they are. Yeah, I mean, my whole my whole docu concert is you know really an in depth look at where I came from and how I became the person I am today and, and my influences and um, especially, yeah, and my childhood is obviously a huge part of that. So, you know, I tell stories, uh, you know, what it was like. Um, I basically used to watch Aladdin on the video and, and Jungle Book. You know, those are, those are the two brown boys from the Disney canon yeah. that uh, yeah. I could relate to, you know. And so it's, it's just funny how, you know, I all of those influences early on you know lead you to where you are today and it's 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 interesting it's for somebody who's a broadway actor and and a dad and and you know raised catholic jewish you know i'm just uh i I like to think that i'm interesting and want to share my story and hope that people like it you know i I guarantee you're gonna like it because there's no question about that. I like the fact you got two-thirds of the way through all of the religions, basically. You go Jewish, and then Catholic, which is kind of a bridge between Jews and Protestants. So you got about halfway there, so that's good. I grew up Catholic myself. That's, it's funny. I grew up in a Catholic, black, and Jewish neighborhood, and those cultures blend okay. together quite well, actually. They, they, at least they did in my childhood. It was terrific. Well, that's great. You know, And I think diversity is important. The more that you can be exposed to different worlds and cultures, uh, the better. It's, it's, it's very healthy. Very quick story. Desnick Brothers uh, Drugstore on Plymouth and, and uh, Penn Avenue in Minneapolis. Again, uh, it was a neighborhood that basically from the river to Lindale Avenue was Catholic. From Lindale to Penn Avenue was black. And Penn Avenue over west to the uh, city limits was a Jewish neighborhood. So we all lived in like three different sections, but because the city put the freeway around North Minneapolis, we were all kind of trapped in there anyway, so we all got along yeah. pretty well, you know. You know that happened. There's no question it happened. In almost every city in America, they, they trapped the people who weren't like them in their own neighborhood. Well, they're going to yep. buy yeah, no, land. They're going to buy it from yeah. the cheapest neighborhoods they have. That's yeah. why they never go through the rich places. That yeah, is that's true. very, very true. But. I'm standing yeah. on the corner in front of Desnick Brothers, and I was probably about eight, nine years old. And this old Jewish man walks out of Desnick Brothers, which is in the Jewish neighborhood. He's got the Hamburg on. He's got the, the, the black velvet collar on the, uh, the, uh, the overcoat, very well-dressed. And he's lighting a cigar, and he are both looking down to the east, down Plymouth Avenue. And there are all these little hoodlumy kids running around and yelling and causing trouble and blah, blah, blah. Now, this older gentleman, because of I was standing where I was, he assumed I was Jewish. And he looks down at me and goes, hey, kid, don't ever act like a schmuck like that. And walked away. <laughs> it was great. I loved it. I had a, when I, I, there was a Jewish family right next to us when, we grew up, when I grew up in Lexington, Massachusetts. And I'd heard the term schmuck when I was in, like, fourth or fifth grade. <laughs> right. So I asked David Luterman, who was, the kid had just a wicked wit, as I figured out later. I says, David, what's a schmuck? And he thinks for a second. And he goes, it's a guy that gets out of the shower to take a piss. <laughs> And to this day, that's stuck that's, in my head. It's pretty actually good. a great description. That's pretty good. You know, got it all figured out. That's pretty funny. Adam, do you, do you hope to maybe educate some younger people or point, not really educate them, but point them in the right direction? Uh, was it hard for you to decide, look, I'm going to roll the dice and I'm going to take a chance. Was that really hard? And are you trying to help younger people go, no, no, it, you can do it. Go out and give it a whirl. Yeah, for sure. I, I love Speaking with young aspiring performers, I've been doing a lot of you know master classes and teaching through the pandemic to just try you know mm-hmm. scrape something together. And uh, but it's also been very rewarding, I should say. Um, and I and I always tell them you know I, I try to give them advice and 
and try to tell them to keep that passion that they have now for the arts because mm-hmm. the, the business is, is very tough and there's rejection and all that. And, and if you can hold on to that passion that you have now and don't let anybody squash it and take it away from you or snuff it out, um, there's a good chance that if you you know continue to train and work hard and, and stay positive that you will get to where you want to be. So I, I try to you know inspire them as, as much as I can and um, – and that's that's it. See, I love that because I, I anybody who's successful who steps up, and myself included, and says, "Hey, kid, if I can do it, anybody can do it." It re- they like that to hear. Well, man, if I could do it, I guarantee you can do it. They they do like that a lot when you don't try to come off as some big shot that knows everything. It really helps yeah, the no, young no, people. For sure, and just seeing somebody that that looks like them up on a stage or in a position of yeah. power, like. Yep. You know that that's huge. It's really huge. Oh, I don't think there's any question about it. I'm, I don't even know you, Adam, but I'm proud of you. You know, I really am. <laughs> no, because you're trying well, to help thanks. people out. I, you, any anybody yeah. that's trying to make people happy, trying to help people out, trying to show them, hey, look, look at this wonderful life that I, Adam Jacobs, have, and you could have this life too. <laughs> that's wonderful. Yeah, well, it's not all, you know, roses and unicorns and rainbows, but you know, it's <laughs> okay. good. Okay, well, it is good, isn't it? <laughs> No, it's. I've been very fortunate. That's that's for sure. I think it's terrific. Uh, Broadway star Adam Jacobs showcases talent and shares stories in his new film, Behind the Curtain, available on DVD and streaming right now. StonyPointEntertainment.com with a substantial discount prior to its worldwide release on all platforms, including Amazon. Now, what? What did it? Is it already on Amazon and iTunes, or is it going on Amazon and iTunes? It's going on iTunes June 8th, um, and then it's yet to be determined on the other streaming uh, ones. But, uh, yeah, StonyPointEntertainment.com. If you use uh, the code word or the promo code Aladdin, you can get an additional 20% off for your uh, listeners there. Are you trusting people to spell Aladdin correctly? <laughs> no. A-L-A-D-D-I-N. <laughs> he goes, no. It's two no. D's, not two L's. It's two D's. <laughs> <laughs> See now that there you go. It's A L L I is what everybody thinks. You're right. I, yeah, they two. They think it's two L's. It's they not, do. It's that's L. hilarious. Adam, you got to come to town and appear in a few shows. Minneapolis, St. Paul is a huge theater town. As a matter of fact, I don't know that it's top uh, top three or four, but it's got to be close. If it's not top five, I'd be shocked. People love live theater here in the Twin Cities. Well, you know, I hope they come out and support their local theaters once everything opens up again and. And let's um, enjoy those live performances. We'll get it done. Adam, terrific having you on. I really appreciate appreciate your time today. I love your viewpoint. Uh, no matter if you want to admit it or not, your parents did a great job raising you. I oh, appreciate it. Thanks so much. Thank you, sir. Have a good day. Bye. We'll take you a break. Too. Be right back. As you know, my friend Mike Lindell has a passion to help everyone get the best sleep of your life. Well, he didn't stop by simply creating the best pillow. Now Mike has done it again by introducing his new My Slippers. Mike has taken over two years to develop. The My Slippers are designed to wear indoor and outdoor all day long. Made with My Pillow foam and Impact Gel to help prevent fatigue, and made with quality leather suede. For a limited time, Mike is offering 40% off his new My Slippers. The My Slippers are so comfortable, you'll want to get some for the whole family, which is what we did. Call 1 800 516 5146 or use promo code TOM, of course. 1 800 516 5146. Use promo code TOM or go to mypillow.com. Click on the radio listener square and use promo code TOM. You'll also get deep discounts on all My Pillow products, including. The Giza Dream bed sheets, the MyPillow mattress topper, and MyPillow towel sets. Call 1-800-516-5146. Use promo code TOM. Dan Chesky is here from Dan's Southside Marine to talk boats in February. 2021 is all about boat inventory or the lack thereof. Dan's has what you're looking for in the color and model you want. So get in and take advantage of the factory incentives and discounts February offers. Why should our listeners shop for a fishing boat at Dan's Southside Marine? We have the latest models on display, like the new Revolution. It features rotational seating from Premier Marine and the new Lumacraft FSX crossover fishing ski. Both are getting tons of attention and grabbing sales from the competition. Dan's Southside Marine is packed with pontoons from Avalon, Berkshire, and Premier with all the rebates and incentives we mentioned at the top. Get the family out this weekend and come see these amazing pontoons. 
And be sure to ask about custom-rigged Alumacraft fishing boats this weekend at Dan Southside Marine during our February open house. Dan Southside Marine, six blocks west of 35W on 98th Street in Bloomington. Shop online at dansouthsidemarine.com. There are definitely things to avoid during a Minnesota winter, like licking a flagpole or waiting too long to replace that car battery. But number one on the list is taking a chance on your furnace. Hey, Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning, reminding you that a furnace clean and tune will improve efficiency, reliability, and peace of mind. Or maybe it's time to take advantage of Sabre's rebates and upgrade to an energy-efficient Bryant system. Don't take chances on your comfort. Visit SabreHeating.com. Sabre and Bryant. Whatever it takes. You know, I got to be honest with you about this something. You know, you've been doing the show long enough to know this. Uh, whenever somebody says a 36 year old actor is going to appear on your show, I'm like, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Often they're quite bad at being guests. They, he was terrific, though. Yeah. yeah. Really, really good. A nice man. I'd love to see him on stage. That'd be terrific. And we watched The Lion King. I was probably like, what, 16, 17? It was a long time ago. Yeah, it was a long time ago. So, yeah, he's two years older than me. So, yeah, it makes sense that he wouldn't have been in the production. One of the greatest moments of my life, whether I knew it or not, because I was... Well, first of all, his timing was dreadful because we had just gotten the ratings and we got to a 30 share in the morning for the first time. And Lion King premiered in Minneapolis. Oh, did it really? Yeah, it it premiered here. Mm -hmm. And I didn't care for it, right? And I'm not going to lie to my listeners. I'm on the air and I go, yeah, the Lion King, blah, blah, blah. I didn't really care for it. It was just too silly for me. It was very weird. It was weird. Yeah, I thought it was weird. And I didn't really care for it. I didn't say, you shouldn't go, it sucks. That's not what I said. Mm -hmm. I said, I didn't really care for it. Hotline rings. Uh, Is this Tom? I said, yes, it is. He goes, Tom, this is Michael Eisner, who was at the time the president. Yeah, I know who Michael Eisner is. Okay. The head of Disney. And he goes, "Uh, I don't really appreciate you going on one of our radio stations, because they owned us at the time. Yep, yes, they did. Uh, And uh, denigrating uh, our product. I said, all I said was, I didn't like it. I didn't tell anybody to not go. He goes, well, I still don't appreciate it. And I went, fuck you. And hung up. God, you had the perfect opportunity. (laughs) Hey, Mike, Hakuna Matata, baby. Hakuna Matata, motherfucker. (laughs) Yeah, he, I don't think, took that all that well to have one of his employees tell him to go fuck himself. (laughs) But he was being such a prick. Like, leave me alone. Wow. Yeah, the giraffes with the long sticks and all that. Like, what the hell? It was very, you know. Play-y. It was that, yeah. It was very play-y. That's a good thing. Uh, two things: the twins increased target field capacity will completely remove limits in about six weeks. Yeah, the way they're playing, they're only going to draw six thousand. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, I'll keep the tickets. I'm going to go see the Saints. Aren't they like honestly at like eleven and twenty-five or something? Let's they're see. terrible. Well, it's it's they can't close. No, they the can't record close. of I, I heard this on the radio last week. The record in nine. Inning games is actually pretty decent. It's winning. It's and it's when they go into they're like zero and ten in extra innings. Zero and thirteen. Is that what it is? I think it's zero and thirteen. Twelve and twenty-two right now. Twelve and twenty-two. Oh my God, that's horrible. Let's bring back Bombo Rivera. Yeah, Bombo, get out there. Uh, Jesus, Andy, that means the season next week is a quarter over already, and I haven't seen one game because they're not on TV here. Yeah. Yeah. Which really pisses me off. I love watching the Twins on television. I can't do it because the games are blacked out. Stupid. I mean, come on, man. 12 and 22 puts them at the second worst in the American, in the League. American League. Detroit's the only team that's worse. Yep. And only slightly by two games. <laughs> so we could catch them yeah. on the plummet. <laughs> we could, yeah, we could uh, be at the very bottom by the end of the God, season. Just terrible. I love my Minnesota Twins, but when they have years like this, I'm like, oh, God, you suck. And, of course, Ryan Winkler was on the KQ Morning Show this morning. I really like Ryan. Oh, I didn't hear him. I was talking to the Israelis for two hours. That's why. They shooting missiles at you? It, it, they live well. In fact, that was the guy I was going to have on next week, and I'll schedule him for the week after. It, just the life that they live. It's, it is. They were doing yeah. – we had a two-hour Zoom meeting with them. 
They're all, every house there basically is a safe room or a bomb shelter, and they're all in yeah. their bomb shelters. And they're like, yeah. you know, I know this seems crazy to you, and it does kind of suck, but this is the way we grew up, and this is what our country's like. Yeah, if it's the way you grew up, it's what you're used to, it's what you've seen. It's like living in the, the post-World War II, Cold War, Cuban Missile Crisis, that whole thing. Yeah. So many Americans had panic rooms or That's know, right. absolutely yep, reinforced rooms that they could hide in if the Russians started dropping bombs. Yep. Yeah, it's absolutely true. We Duck and to, cover, kids. We used to have to get under our desk, yeah. practice getting under our desk when I was in grade mm-hmm. school. And so they yeah. could find the bodies. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, probably true. <laughs> probably true. One of my favorite Israeli stories, I love this story. Uh, there's a certain guy that uh, is in politics in America, and he got kicked out of a kibbutz in Israel because he wouldn't work. Mm-hmm. And now you know what his name it was. His name was the same then, but you know what his name is? Got kicked out of a kibbutz because he wouldn't contribute. He wouldn't work. And if you don't know what a kibbutz is, it's basically a hippie commune, but Jewish. Yeah, yeah but Jewish. Yeah, right. Basically, that's what it is. You know why they kicked him out? I mean, do, 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 I don't know who, who, he, who he kicked out. Bernie Sanders. Oh, really? That's <laughs> awesome. Yep. He wouldn't work, so they told him to hit the road. I bet it'd be interesting to have a dinner with Bernie. Oh, you know, you, even if you disagree with him, he's a he's a pretty smart guy, and I bet he'd be pretty entertaining. But he is a total freeloader, man. He's well, been a yeah. freeloader his whole life. His entire uh, platform is let's all be freeloaders. It's all yeah, let's all be freeloaders, just like me. So, and have, I love it too. I'm a freeloader, but I own three houses worth a grand total of like seven million dollars. That's pretty yeah. good. Where the hell did you get that money? I love these, these saved politicians. Saved green stamps. Oh, that's SNH, baby. Yeah. Now, I, I just love these. these, And it's not just Republicans or Democrats. It's all of them. They, they have these. Well, what's your face now? Uh, uh, Maxine Waters lives in like a $6 million house. And it's not yeah, in her district. Yeah, you wonder how that, that, that happens. I, I, get, <laughs> Nan, get, that? I get Nancy Pelosi because her husband yeah, just makes very billions of very real estate transactions. But yep. Maxine, yeah. Might have been a little one hand taking care of the other in there somewhere. Well, the Patrice Colors, I think her name is, mm-hmm. the head of BLM. Four houses. Yeah. She owns four houses now. She said, you, yeah, you can criticize me all you want, but I've worked very hard. <laughs> okay. Okay, whatever you say. I think politicians should have to, like, do an almost like a, vo- a vow of poverty. Like, you know. That's kind of what it was back in the old days. can't be worth more than a certain amount of money because otherwise it corrupts you. And not to mention so many politicians. It's what politicians are famous for is taking money in exchange for policy. Yeah. So if they just weren't allowed to do that at all, I don't know. I just feel like it would be a lot Sorry. better. But then again, what who would want to get into politics at that point? I don't know what just went up my nose. Sorry for sneezing on you. No, it's fine. I have no idea what the hell I, I must have inhaled something there. Spring. It's springtime. Well, it that's true. It's it finally springtime in the middle of May. I so bad I didn't get something from one of the machines over at the gym. <laughs> Couldn't be too good. Andy, I was telling Doug when I walked up, because Doug was waiting at the door when I got here, and I walked up and I said, Sorry, I'm walking kind of weird, but I just did a bunch of quad lifts, and I forgot when you do a lot of quad lifts, you have trouble walking for a while. <laughs> I totally know what a quad lift is. You know, your front of your leg, your upper leg? I do know that That's part. That's a quad. Oh, so it's a squat. No, it's not a squat. It's you, you could just you do leg extensions. So oh, you put okay. the bar kind of down at your ankles yeah. and sit on a bench. Oh, then, those things, yeah. okay. Instead of a curl, it's a... Yeah. A leg curl. A leg curl is the bat for the, for the hamstrings, and the, oh. the <laughs> well, leg press is for the quad. I don't exercise a whole lot, if you didn't know. You don't really have to. <laughs> Well, you don't really have to. You're I, fine. I don't gain muscle mass no matter how much I exercise. Yes, so you it's would kind gain of like, muscle mass. Settle what's the down. point? Minnesota House takes historic vote on marijuana legislation today. That's why I brought up Ryan Winkler's name. Uh, he was on the KQ Morning Show this morning talking about this. We need to get people uh, flour. They, they, it looks like flour is going to pass. Because, you know, you've heard me talk about this before, that uh, in the state of Minnesota, to, to get my THC to sleep is about $660 a month. Holy crap. So How much do you take? Whatever they got. Come on, load 400 milligrams. I sleep like but a I baby. Just, no, I, I take about 40 to 50, though. Oh. Which is, you know, it's a pretty sizable amount mm-hmm. to sleep. But um, flour is a much cheaper way to make it. It comes from a different part of the plant. Mm. It works just as well, actually. Mm. And, uh, and again, if you're talking about poor people and serving the poor, you have to do this. 
because uh, in Florida it's about 120 bucks a month because it's wow. flour. You know, we got They always talk about we have to help the poor. Well, then why'd you price marijuana so high? One thing they never really explained yesterday is what exactly is the flower, like, in terms of chemical composition. Yeah, and that's true. And why it is banned. Like, what is the reasoning for it to be banned? Because you can't make as much money. The, the well, tax, I'm sure they the didn't say, thing. we're going to ban it because we can't make as much money off of it. Oh, they literally banned it because of the, and Minnesota is the only state in the country that banned it. Well, they must have given some sort of rationale. Yeah, it was because it, that you couldn't tax them as much. So why why does Ryan keep and the Democrats keep pushing these bills through the House, knowing that the Senate's never going to pass them? Well, they think the Senate will. Really, they, they do. They've this isn't some legalizing weed. This is a very different thing. Oh, this okay. is yeah, legalizing the use of the marijuana flower in. Uh, medical dispensary. Well, I see. Okay, Speci- that right. specific part of the plant, for whatever reason, is illegal in Minnesota, even for uh, medicinal use. I, that's one thing I still don't understand is why. But yeah, this is a. They're also, I think, voting on making it legal in general. But I don't think they expect that to pass. I see. Okay, that's good. Uh-oh. I mean, it's good to know. Yeah. Un- Uncle Tommy just looked at a, a big loss of income here. Uh-oh. Or a, it's not income. A big loss in expenditure. Do you see what uh, Viking Cruises is doing? Mm-mm. Viking Cruising into St. Paul for Mississippi River Tours in 2022. Catherine will be all over that one, baby. We want a river tour, uh, not on a cruise ship like a Viking cruise a cruise ship. But we went on a very nice boat. It was a great... We went from St. Paul to St. Louis. Huh. You can go all the way to New Orleans, as a matter of fact, if you want to. Yeah, once you get kind of south of Iowa, it gets a little boring until you get down. Hannibal, south. Missouri was interesting yeah. because of Mark Twain. Yeah. That was interesting because of Mark Twain. If I'm going but, down a river, it better be on a steamboat with one of those big wheels. Otherwise, it's not worth it. That's what we went on. Oh, well, there you go. That's what we went on, absolutely. <laughs> but you could have dinner on and all the rest of it. Very nice people. Except they spelled my name T-H-O-M on my name tag. Thom. Thom Bernard? Thom Bernard. Yeah, there you go. That's exactly right. But, yeah, Viking cruising into St. Paul for Mississippi River Tours in 2022. If you've never done that, you would not believe how beautiful it is on the Mississippi River. And you also will not believe that Cargill pretty much owns the Mississippi River. I mean, it's unbelievable the property that Cargill owns on that river, man. It's every town. Yeah. Jesus, I don't know, man. Yes. Where'd all that dough come from? The heartland. They all came from grain. It you got to move it around. Soybeans so. or whatever. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know. We'll, uh, but, yeah, I, I'm sure that Catherine's going to want to do that. It's. I think it was about a four- or five-day tour or something like that. You stop in places like, uh, you know, La Crosse. Yeah. And you stop in Red Wing. We, they stop in Red Wing. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't know if this boat could stop in Red Wing. I don't know if that's big enough down there. Well, it has to be because they're taking off from St. Paul. Yeah, well, St. Paul's got a big dock right along Paul the does, uh, yeah. levee. <clears throat> yep, that's exactly right. So, yeah, that is something I really, really would like to uh, would like to do. I don't know Catherine's going to be very interested in taking that tour. It's it's a good time, no doubt about that. Food's really good too. They do a really nice job at all that stuff. Viking, we've been on a lot of uh, Viking tours, and they do a great job. I do want to mention quickly before Car Selling Secrets coming up in about ten minutes, ladies and gentlemen. Um, lost a couple of big shots yesterday. Um, Jerry Burns died at 94 yesterday, a legendary head coach of the Minnesota Vikings, legendary uh, at everything he ever did, as a matter of fact. Worked with uh, – he worked at the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, well, he was an assistant for Lombardi, wasn't for he? For Lombardi back in the day. That's exactly right. Would that be Coach Burnsy? <clears throat> coach yep. Burnsy, Coach Uncle Burnsy. Mm-hmm. Passel came on. Well, Tommy Kramer and Passel were on together today. That oh, was my fun, God, man. that must have been funny. Oh, God, it was hilarious. Tommy Kramer, he said they, were, they put him in a game. His first game, I think he said it was his first game. They were down three touchdowns in the fourth quarter. They put Tommy in. He scores a couple of touchdowns. They score a couple of field goals. So now it's a six-point game, right? And there's two minutes and two seconds left. So they call it. They, they call a timeout just before. I don't know why they didn't wait to the two-minute warning because there's a timeout automatically. Right. Call a timeout. <laughs> Tommy goes over and picks up the phone on the sidelines. And Jerry Burns then was offensive coordinator. He's up in the booth. And he goes, Coach, what do you think we should do? And here's the response he got. 
I don't know, Kramer, you're the quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> How great is that? He tell, yeah, Kramer, you're the quarterback. I don't know what to do. Go ahead. But they won the game. They ended up winning the game 28-27. Wow. He threw a 65-yard touchdown pass. I told him I was in the third deck of Metropolitan Stadium watching it, and I cannot tell you how open Sammy White was. He was wide open, Tom, and Tommy Kramer made the call. Wow. It was not Jerry Burns. It was TK. Uh, the chat's debating. Who was the one who had the annual garage sale? Was that Burns? No, but, no, no Bud, Bud Grant. Grant. Bud Grant. Okay. I think this is the Bud first Grant. year he hasn't had it. It is the first year he hasn't had it. He's had him a long, long time. Well, yeah. <clears throat> he lives in Bloomington, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Yeah, Southern Bloomington. Bud Grant's one of those guys. The only guy, like all these other guys, like Tommy Kramer, I got mm. to know pretty well, and you know some of these guys. Denny Green was a not a huge fan, <laughs> but Bud Grant I've met about ten times. Every time you see me, he has no idea who I am. Oh, he's no. one of those kind of guys. Bud's an interesting fella, I will tell you that. I don't know that I could have played for Bud Grant. I used to play pickup basketball with his son. I can't remember his name. Bruce? Bruce, Bruce. was a good basketball player, man. Um, had the same blue eyes that his dad had. And he was good. I, I don't think it was Mike? Bruce, though. It, was it might Mike? have been Mike. Because Mike's uh, the, the coach now at uh, Eden Prairie High School. Yeah, Mike's a great guy. I, didn't, I knew Bruce a little bit. Bruce was a big hit with the ladies, I will tell you that. Very handsome guy. Not, not to say that Mike's not. <laughs> you just did say that. No, though. I did really? not. That's not what I meant at all. Don't stab me in the side. I'm sorry, Mr. Sensitive. Uh, the other one we lost yesterday was a guy, and, and it, I love telling this story because <clears throat> it will kind of show people that I'm not like a lot of the folks are now. Jim Klobuchar died yesterday. Amy Klobuchar's father, Jim Klobuchar, died yesterday at 93 years old. I used to talk to Jim Klobuchar, not that often, but I used to talk to him. He could not stand me. He hated my show. He did not like me. But he would call me once in a while just to rail on me about stuff. But I actually enjoyed it. Now, for those that might not know, he was was he an editor or an I, opinion columnist well, he, at the Star Tribune? He, One of the two, or maybe he both. He did both. I yeah. think he did both at times. He was a damn good writer. He was a great writer. Really, really. Yeah, we could say he was a great writer. I... Even though he would just rail on me about this, that, or the other thing, mostly political issues because he was a very, very liberal guy. But I enjoyed it because he would get so upset, and he took the time to call me to say, you should change your thinking. You are you got your head up your ass. He was one of those kind of guys. I, I got along with I mean, I didn't get along with him because he didn't care for me, but I treated him with respect. Yeah. And I thought the fact that he would took the time to give me a call was showing me some respect. You know, even though he and I agreed on nothing, there was nothing we agreed on. I enjoyed talking to him because he just, he gave it a rat's ass. I like that about people. If they care enough to pick up the phone, then that's all right by me. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, you can just tell me I'm a total pain in the ass. That's fine. At least you it's took better the time than to backstabbing people. Exactly. Talking behind people's backs and yep. all that stuff. I like to be stabbed in the front. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. Yeah, I don't even know about that. Let me rethink that yeah. before I unlock the front door of the studio <laughs> and leave. But, yeah, I wanted to honor Jim Klobuchar as well because Jim was a damn good writer. Uh, I, I think he was an editor for a while as well. Always enjoyed his stuff. And, like I said, he took the time to tell me to blow it out my ass, which I think was great. Yeah. Most people don't see it that way, though. Oh, what you talk to that? Well, it was terrible. No, it was not terrible. I think his, I think his daughter might have inherited a, inherited a little bit of toughness from him. No, oh, I think that's probably true. You know, and I, I didn't expect her to do it. I invited her, you know, on the air, invited her to come on and talk about her dad. And then you're not going to come on and talk about your dad, I suppose, the day after he dies. Some people would. Some people wouldn't. Yep. But yeah, so a tip of the cap to two. Uh, you could call them both greats, Jim Klobuchar and... Uh, and Coach Uncle Bernsey, Jerry Bernsey, both died on the same day, just a couple hours apart, apparently. Bernsey made Passold's career, if you think about it. Oh, God, did he ever. <laughs> yeah, there's no doubt. You can't even deny that. He, he did make his career, man. But uh, 93 and 94, that's a pretty good run, man. I met him once after I used to work for Ted Turp, who belonged to Olympic sure. Hills. And we'd always hang out in the bar for a little while after a round. And Bernsey was in there, and I went up and introduced myself, talked to him for a little bit. And he, he I mean, he's just a, such a character. He's exactly what you would expect, and you know, when you meet him in real life, rough and swearing all the time, and funnier than hell, yeah. and just real magnetic. Yeah, honest to God, I just spotted a bunch of other, a couple other stories about uh, 
This I like this headline. I haven't read the story, but it said first Klobuchar conquered Sid, then came bigger mountains. <laughs> <laughs> How do you conquer Sid, man? Isn't that pretty amazing when you look that Sid died uh, October 17th? Because my brother died October 15th, and then yeah. Sid 18th. died the 18th. Okay. Three days later, Sid died. And now you're talking just basically seven, eight months later. Now we lost Jerry Burns and Jim Klobuchar. Man. These guys had great runs, though. I mean, almost 300 years between them. Yeah, almost 300 years. That's, that's right. more you make than most of us get. You've, you've reached the finish line. Well, and then you make some. it to 100 in good shape. You know, yeah. that's, that's the critical thing. A lot of people start falling apart much earlier than that. My favorite, did you hear the Jerry Burns call to, that I had to make? Mm-mm. Oh, God, I'll never forget it. <clears throat> you know. I, I've been a little critical of pretty much everyone over really? the years. I don't know if you noticed that or Weird. not. But uh, Mike Lynn invited me to come and coach the team on the sidelines for one practice. And there was somebody else. I can't remember. There's another media person there, but I don't remember who it was. Um, but he said, yeah, I want you to coach the offense, and he'll coach the defense. And we sat up in the booth, and it was just a nice thing to do. You know, the station hated it. Oh, you're going to look like you think you're a big shot. I was like, I'm joking around. Yeah. Come on, really? <laughs> but I had to call Jerry Burns to tell him that I was coming to the booth so he'd know that I was coming and blah, blah, blah. So I called, and Jerry Burns answers the phone. He goes, hello? And I said, uh, Mr. Burns, how are you? It's Tom Bernard. And there was a pause. He goes, Bernard, Jesus Christ. <laughs> That was the great. This goes with Jesus Christ. I love those guys, man. Uh, you're right. Almost 300 years, but man, I sure as hell have enjoyed uh, my one third of that or one fourth of that or whatever. But because those guys, man, that I laugh at Jerry Burns. Jesus. I, my favorite thing is when he would do press conferences and they'd have to just stay on that panic button because he'd oh, go, just light the F bomb off every other word. Every other word. And you do things like this, and you go like this. You go, yeah, the people over there, that bitch in the body, put his picture up on a, on a, on a screen, and fucking boo him, fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> you just wait and throw it in at the end. The best one in recent memory was when they had to fire, uh, I think it was Blair Walsh, what, a couple of years ago? Yeah, yep. And one of the reporters asked the coach, so why did you let Walsh go? And he says, did you see the game? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's exactly right. Did you see the game? He missed about 85 more. Yeah. Did he ever resurface anywhere else? I don't else? know. I don't know that he did. Maybe he did, I, 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 but I don't remember him uh, having the sterling career after the No, uh, I don't think so. He was so good. Uh, he had a career. <clears throat> oh, did he? Played for the Seahawks one year, the Falcons one year, oh, well, off season. That's not a career. Yeah. And the Saints offseason for one year. Oh, God. So, so he never made it back. Not really, no. I wonder what the hell got in his head. Because he know. was really good, and then all of a sudden he couldn't make a damn thing. It could be like a golfer when they get the yips. And the yeah, well, pop. that's true. No, you're absolutely right about that. Oh, my God. We got 30 seconds. I just want to read a little bit of this story, and then Car Selling Secrets comes on. Uh, luckily, no one was severely injured Wednesday morning when a two-year-old shot both his parents. <laughs> what? Hmm. I haven't. A Maine toddler who wa- uh, wandered uh, into his parents' room Wednesday morning ended up accidentally shooting them and injuring himself too. Cops say, but luckily all three are expected to recover. And why does a two-year-old have a weapon? Yeah. Why did you allow a two-year-old uh, access to a to a gun? What the hell are you thinking? I bet they don't do it again. I bet you they won't do it again. (laughs) I would hope not. We'll take a break. Car Selling Secrets is up next with the family.